It's the end of the year. Is it the end of the... I know it's the end of the year. I'll give you that. But is it, the, is it the end of the decade, too? Or is this the first year of the of the 20s? Dude, it's totally the... What? It's totally the first year of the 20s, right? Well, 2020 is the first year of the 20s. That's right. But if you think about it, when you count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 is the last one. Right. So 20 is the last one of the next group. So is it the end of the second decade? It, it's and the and the first year of of the se- of the third decade starts in <laughs> Dude, a few days. It's both. It's both, right? Why can't it be both? Dude, here's my hook. It's it's got to be one or the other. No, it doesn't have to be. Dude. It's like a wave and it's a particle, okay. man. It's total quantum physics. I think the end of the decade, beginning of the decade, 2020 is both. Okay. So in that regard, after 2020, 20 years, let's look back at the best of of the first 20 years. Mm, 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 mm. What does that even mean, best of? I would look at it as you go back and someone says, this album, Spoon, Girls Can Tell. You're like, awesome, yeah, I can't wait to hear that. And how many of those albums came out in the last 20 years? Oh my God, but how would you even pick... Uh, there's so many genres of music over those 20 years. How would you even like decide where to go? One of the reasons that I started thinking about New Dad Rock and kind of thinking about what New Dad Rock meant to me was I would hear the classic rock station, you know, at the neighbor's house or, you know, out at, at the beach or, or somewhere the classic rock station is on it. And those same songs get played. But they kind of stopped around 1980. A couple early 80 songs have made made the canon. And then it just kind of bifurcated, or more than bifurcated, every everything bifurcated. So that you have genre on top of genre on top of genre. And so there's no consensus anymore, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, it's like a family tree. <laughs> no, I actually think you nailed it, right? Like, literally, the original or classic dad rock is that rock from the 60s and 70s you're right it basically stops in the 80s a lot of different things happen in the 80s and then you know you and i got like that's when we grew up in the 80s but we did our like probably our most music listening or concert going or at least college radio djing in the 90s so we're talking the last 20 years which is none of those decades (laughs) so like so yeah, so some of those songs from the 90s should have made it to the classic rock stations. And I think maybe here and there you'll hear a Soundgarden song or a Pearl Nirvana, Jam song. for sure. Yeah, some of those guys have made it through, but there was so much more. And, you know, that's already 30 years ago. We're just talking about 20, 2000 to 2020 now. Uh, so forget, you know, all those 90 band pavement. I mean, Sonic Youth was around, but they got divorced. Beck won a Grammy or something for some ridiculous reason. Kurt Cobain died. Uh, um, yeah. Well, that was the 90s. Yeah, oh, I see. You're talking about 2000s. I thought you were talking about the yeah before the 2000s. Hey, when did you uh, think of your best uh, albums of the year list? So in 1988. So this is... <laughs> so I'm 15. You're 15 or Rash so. Rash Metal is huge. Whatever. I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan at this time. Um, yeah, yeah. So anything that I was listening to was metal Horrible. or was really fucking bad or metal, metal adjacent, <laughs> metal like adjacent. Rush, I guess. Yes, very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Operation Mindcrime by Queensrÿche. I could not wait to like get home from school and that listen was a to great that album. album. That like, was a great album. 
It was a concept album, 60 Minutes. It was amazing. Yes. I saw them when they played the, uh, the entire album. That would have been good. Three times on that tour. I, 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 like I when you're a sophomore but, so in that, high school or whatever, whatever year this is, that's when you saw uh, them? I guess so, yeah. Wow. I guess. Or no, it was no because it was on the next tour, on the Empire Ooh. Tour, when, when they got huge with Silent Blue City, that they were actually able to headline. Yeah, I was wondering. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime, Iron Maiden, Seventh Son, Slayer, South of Heaven. I don't remember the whole 1988 Dude, list, but I'm oh sure my Testament and Anthrax were on there. Oh, every album you're naming reminds Halloween. me of my best friend Chris, we've we've talked about before, and we'll have him on the show one day. That's when he first got a CD player, and the and he had all the crap you're talking about, like all the heavy metal stuff I like to. But what he also had was, I think there's some Metallica, obviously, but I think Beastie Boys, their first album came out around then. He had LL Cool J's first album. He had the Run DMC album that had the Aerosmith song on it. What a great time to be yeah. a, a teenager. Well, yeah. So if you think about it, that's really kind of where the whole classic rock split off. Mm-hmm. Because when I think of new dad rock, it's not just that guitar-based white guy playing rock music. <laughs> Believe me, there are a lot of white guys playing guitars in, in what I listen to. But for the most part, that, that doesn't encapsulate it. You have... You know, the white boys rapping uh, Beastie Boys, but then you have Run DMC and Public Enemy yeah. and all those First things that crossover. came up. And now, who are the biggest artists of the last 20 years? I mean, Taylor Swift. I think that's a numerical well, I was, fact. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more along like Kanye, Jay Z, oh, yeah. Drake, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure there are plenty of dads who listen to that. And totally. The new dad rock. Is cer- Certainly not allowed on the classic rock stations. Well, hold on. In, uh, especially in the s- suburbs does, that I'm familiar with. Does the dad, is that a variable? Like the new dad rock, does that mean the dad is variable? Like the dad's 30, the dad's 40, the dad's 50. I basically consider the old dad rock or the original dad rock my dad's rock. And the way I see it talked about, though, sounds like me. <laughs> like they talk about 90s and middle rap era as being dad rock i'm like oh yeah that is me and i was my joke is that new dad rock is really what your kids are listening to and you should listen ahead of them mine's a different interpretation you have classic rock yep. which kind of ended in the 80s I agree. and then you had dad then you had dad rock that oh. i think went to i think went to about 2010 so when i'm thinking about the best artists and bands of the last 20 years it's kind of hard because you look at the top 10 list that was written in 2004 mm-hmm. or 2006 or 2014 are those still your favorite 10 albums probably not because time has elapsed oh, yeah. and, and different things have happened oh for sure you've discovered new bands it's the weirdest thing discovering a band that's only five or ten years old and but you're like in your 40s you've actually done this to me on this ep- these episodes the coco reese or Rose, or like all the... Coco Rose. Yeah, dude. That was amazing. <laughs> that band was... Our... Singing and cursive. <laughs> I loved it so much. And like, I only discovered that 10 years later. And I, you're right. Can I retroactively put things on my best of list? Can I update stats? Like, is that is that allowed? I would take the, the converse of that. And I would say, you're not allowed to do a year-end list. Oh. For at least, there has to be a moratorium, at least... At least 18 months, oh, but more amazing. realistically, five years. I love it. You have to go back. Oh, I, I mean, there are so many things that I'm still digesting from the last five years, the last 10 years, the last 70 years. Going back, I, I listened to a ton of Miles Davis at the beginning of quarantine. Way more than I ever listened to him. A lot, a lot deeper anyway. Wait, and most of that stuff was 70 years old. 
Is the best of your list the best of what you listened to that year? Or is it the best of what came out that year? Which one should it be? You you raise a good point. Because that could be that what you're listening to that year is is kind of the sound or the feeling of the era. It may not have been recorded then, but if you are listening to I've I've been listening to a lot of can Wow lately. Wow! seventies uh, German you know, rock, right? Yeah, kraut rock. Yeah. And I've also been listening to a lot of swans, this kind of repetitive mm-hmm. droning. Aransi Pazuzu does it to some regard. And then you can even go back and say, oh, in the late 60s, Pink Floyd had that sound. Yeah, I agree. And then you can even make that in the 90s. There's electronic music sure. that had that repetitive. So you can listen to all those things. And maybe it doesn't have to be recorded that year. But it's what you're listening to that year because it's the zeitgeist of the day. Okay, okay. Considering I'm a philosophy major and my dad was a philosophy major, I hate philosophy. So I like the idea of examples. It's a walk on the slippery rocks. Totally. So like, like I like examples. Like I try to make everything a concrete example and we had a couple of them. Then we could talk about it. And I'm happy to philosophize after that. But give me an example of what you're asking. So, okay. So in 2000, what was the best song of 2000 based on now? I have no idea. I mean, first of all, does 2000 even count? I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll... So 2001, what, right. do you even know what came out in 2001? 2001, I remember Circulatory System, which are most of the guys from Olivia Tremor Control, uh, maybe except for Bill Doss. Yeah, it's less one of the two guitarists. So, I think it's Bill Doss was, yeah. was, was uh-huh. the guy who was the kind of more... I mean, they're all psychedelic, but he had that kind Poppy. of... Poppy. Anyway, Circulatory System was the trippier of the Olivia Charlie yeah, Control yeah. main guys. Uh, I remember really just loving that album. And if you think about the how idyllic it was before 9-11, like listen to Circulatory System. It, it, it's really capturing the end of an era there. And then on 9-11... Two albums that I still listen to the, to this day. God Hates Us All is the name of the album Slayer puts out. And also All Is Dream by Mercury Rev. Two very apropos statements and two albums that I think still... That's the beginning of the of, of the, the, the century. Well, okay. I mean, now I mentioned 9-11, I'll cover it for a second. Is One of my favorite bands, and I think we talk about them later, is The Coup, which is an Oakland rap, hip-hop, funk band or whatever. And they had an album that was coming out in September of that year that basically depicted uh, the two singers, Boots Riley and Pam the Functress, destroying the Twin Towers. And they, like, obviously reshot the cover and released it in November. But, like, it was scheduled for that, like, month. It's freaking crazy. But the coup are amazing. But I have to say that a couple albums that came out that year that were good, strangely rock-oriented, but I was probably listening mostly to dance music was Spark a Horse, It's a Wonderful Life. I think it was in a... That's a... In a cool cart. That's a fantastic album. That can be in the top 50 of, uh, of, of any list of that era. Dude, and if I remember correctly, it was one of those cardboard trifold packages for CDs. Do you remember those? I'm almost positive I had that on CD, and I I must not have had that version. I feel like I had the plastic jewel case. It's, okay, cool. Uh, Spoon, Girls Can't Can Tell came out that year. And yeah. Radiohead Amnesiac came out that year which was right for me the last album i listened to all the time for radio yeah i mean everything else sounds like more radiohead which is okay i mean i that's how yeah. i feel the next modest mouse album is going to be 
more modest mouse. I definitely bought. I definitely bought Hail to the Chief. No, I've heard them Hail all. Hail to the Thief. Yeah. Excuse me when it came. But I'm saying I bought it when it when it the day it came out. I was excited and got it. Um, and I think in Rainbows was that the next mm-hmm. one where they had pay your pick your price. That was kind of the end for me, where, like, after that, I was like, oh, cool, they have something, I'll check it out at some point. But those were the ones. When was the last time you bought a CD? For me, it's probably five years ago, maybe ten years ago. The last CD I bought was... I don't know, um, I don't mind. Swan. Oh, yeah! Burning Man. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. And, and part of the reason... Is that like 2015, 2014? I want to say it might even be six. It's Okay, it yeah. was. I went to that concert. It was an outlier in that I it was an outlier in that I bought it like hadn't bought a CD in at least 6 months at that point, mm-hmm. but it came with like a double C, so it's a double CD. Um uh, I had I had a record play at the time, but the, the songs are so long they don't fit on one side of the vinyl and I, oh, I didn't want to deal with that. Wow. So and I had a yeah, you know, that's my car plays CDs. You should write a song. So like I got that. it and it, and it had another, and it had a third disc that was a DVD, and I still have a DVD player of of them playing a show. So it was it was a no, and it was like sixteen dollars. <laughs> sounds amazing. So it was it was it was a no brainer. Where did you that buy it from? Where'd you buy it from? Uh, I bought it online. I, uh, I online. think to, through online. the Swan Young Young God Records. Even better. So, yeah, it makes sense because it's something's pretty special. I think. Yeah. So so the next year. Is almost like 2020, but a little messed up. But the Streets debut album was freaking sick, dude. I loved it so much. Well, that was the whole era where every band had thought at the beginning, right? And they kind of had a little bit of a garage rock sound. Uh, I remember the picture of the album, which was like a high rise, basically, in like a sepia tone. Did you ever listen to the Streets? Did you ever... I did, but I never got taken in. Okay, so you didn't even like original original pirate material. That was the name of the first album. Okay, I was familiar with them, but it, it just that's never fine. caught my yeah, eye. Totally. For, and that and that's the crazy thing about making these lists. Like now, I may go back and listen to that album and be like, "Oh my god, Keith's totally right. This is fantastic." Yeah, we're too old. Like, we're too old. Kind now. of like kind of like Keith's like, "Oh my god, Blind Melon." It's I still don't get it. Yeah, no, no. That, that's why we do this show. Actually, that was a good one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, those first three, four songs are better than I thought. It's for sure. Okay, so you're, you're two thousand. So two thousand two, Yoshimi battles the pink robots by Flaming Lips, all time classic. Might be in this proverbial top ten list of the of the era that we're doing. And Interpol turn on the bright lights, which is very interesting because at the time I probably would have said I liked that even better. You look back at it now and you're like, eh, I, maybe I don't like it so much, but. In the zeitgeist of the time, and that's the second time I've used that word, partially because I know Bill Geist. Um, <laughs> but Interpol turned on the bright lights still has to. It was it was a landmark album for me. Well, okay, hold on. So Interpol, The Strokes, The Walkmen, that whole New York rock scene. I never got into it yeah. at all, man. Interpol, I never got into. They were like bad Weezer. See, I I never got into Weezer. I thought oh. Weezer was just. Weezer's yeah, bad, bad too. That's fine. Nirvana. Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay, we'll never have any friends if we publish that part, but I'm okay with it. But like, yeah, I just never got into Weezer. Inter- I mean, Weezer, I was into you for a minute. I-, I like pop songs, but Interpol, I tried. Darren loves, I think, The Strokes and The Walkman, and I think he likes Interpol. And like, I still, we play in a band together, and I'm the guitarist, so I don't get what's happening. I understand they're sort of like, 
I don't. Well, well, how would you describe that? A very new new order. He has a oh, Ian Curtis kind of sound to his voice. That's why so he likes it. Paul Banks. That's that's where that comes. Mm. Two thousand three. If you're a longtime listener, you know I was working at Splendid Easing during 2003. So I basically had to review three albums a week, every week. And it sounds fun until you actually do it about 23 times. And then you're like, wow, this is a lot of work. Dude, we have 30 episodes right now. Right. (laughs) Sorry, so you get Um, it. But um, but we don't do it every single week. Or That's three a week. Point. That's a good point. So yeah. in 2003, there were only two albums that I heard outside of this, which were Blackberry Bell by the Twilight Singers. Just fantastic. If Keith is doing a Desert Island thing, I'm going to put Blackberry Bell on it. And then Monday at the Huggin' Pint by Arab Strap, which um, Arab Strap is putting out a new album in 2021 for the first time in 15 years or so. Anyway, side thing. But I was doing um, Splendid in 2003. So the albums that I would still listen to, Je Suis France, um, Fantastic Area, Apocalypse, Pow, Smash the Superstition, and Cloud Cult, which was a really freaky album. But that's totally obscure stuff. But that's what I listened to in 03. I looked this up because I wouldn't know this. The Black Album by Jay-Z came out. And he claimed that was his oh, was last that? album. <laughs> How many has he put out since then? <laughs> I don't five or six, and one was for T-Mobile. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they're, they're great. They're all great. I like them all. But, like, this album is sick. I love it so much. Strangely, the sound does sound dated. Like, the, the sound quality. It could be my CDR version of it, but I love it. I mm. love it so much. The other album that came out that year, and I um, saw them live at the Fillmore... And it was, it was one of those cool days. So I lived around the corner from the Fillmore in the 2000s, the first decade. And it was one of those times I actually just went out and bought a scalp ticket. But it was like right as the concert had started. So in a lot of ways, I was getting cheaper versions of it. Like I did for Juice World, like buying it like actually during mm-hmm. the concert. And I saw um, the uh, Death Cab for Cutie do Transatlantism. Death Cab for Cutie is an, another one of those. You look back in that, that whole decade, 2000 to 2010 or so. They were they were on an upward slope. They had that song at the end of uh, Six Feet Under. They were part of the cultural moment. Um, what was the song at the end the of look, Six Feet Under? I think it was the title track. I think it was I Need You So Much oh, yeah. Closer. Nice, dude. I think that's Translatum. Do you know when Postal um, Service came out? Postal Service, I feel like, was right around that same time. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking up now. I was giving me zip codes. Where core. Uh, yeah, but one to five, five. So yeah, call it four or five. Totally. That one is, is really good. And what was the one before it? Yes, those are the two. Um, no, no, plans was after it. All right, all right. So, by the way, Ben Gibbard was playing every day during the beginning of the pandemic. He said he was going to play every day until the end of the pandemic, or at least. I, I remember that, and <laughs> he he kind of quit around the time that we started this podcast. Did, so maybe he was listening to our podcast. He was holding our place. He, it was a placeholder until we we came in, until the new dad rock showed up. Totally, he was like, no. But seriously, what happened to him? Like, is he is he okay? I hope so. I mean, I'll, I'll look into it. I mean, he had friends. I think he was he had, he had a partner. Like he mentioned uh, this partner a few times. So I think someone would know. So it's not like a it's not like a Lane Staley situation. Yeah, those years I don't remember anything. I mean, uh, 
we said Death Cab for Cutie came out with plans. I remember that. Moss mm-hmm. Mouse comes out. We were dead before the ship even sank, which I loved. Yeah. That might uh, – the Jicks or uh, Stephen Malcolm's came out with real emotional trash. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, back then, back then I had very tiny babies. Oh, my them. God, yeah. In 2000, it, by 2008, there were three of them running around. Really? And I think the only the only thing I remembered was Dear Science by TV on the radio. That was just a fantastic album. Oh, interesting. Um, there was, uh, what what did the fox say? What does the fox say? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty popular around then, too. But, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's because I had kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's amazing. Um, I do one thing I want to acknowledge is... The Blueprint 3 was amazing. Okay. I got to tell you. So, Jay-Z's, what, how, many, how many albums now after retirement? Probably two or three. I, I'm trying to think of when the T-Mobile album came out. This might be the actual follow-up album, to be fair. It seems awfully long. That'd be six years. But it could be. There might have been one in between. But the Blueprints are the ones that Kanye created the beats for. That's my understanding. And what I loved about it is, I remember it's the last good CDR I got. And I got it from my friend Roderick. For whatever reason, he was working down in Mountain View, which is in Silicon Valley. And each of these towns in Silicon Valley have one downtown that's two or three blocks long. And for whatever reason, they were paying for him to stay down there. So, And I worked in Sunnyvale. So I just took the train, two stops, hung out with him all night. We listened to the sound like 15 times. We loved the Blueprint 3 might be my favorite. It's not. It's not. Black Album has to be. But anyway, best Jay-Z's album. Okay, so 2010 starts. What's going on in your world? You have three kids? I have one kid. So I, I, <laughs> I have three three girls, three daughters. I have one boy, one month old, yeah. Fittingly, in 2010, Liars, who is a, one of the... Again, I tried to keep up with music this whole time, and there were only so many bands that made it through. But Sister World, I, I thought was fantastic. Liar self-titled, which came out around oh five or six, and then Sister World, just I, I really liked that sound. It was kind of like the promise of Radiohead. They kind of picked up the torch and were like, "No, we got it now, man." Keith, you mentioned before, like finding out music later. I these new Puritans, I didn't hear about them in 2010, but years later I listened to them and they had this album Hidden. So that that came out around then. Yeah, you know, for some reason this is Drake's favorite albums for me, like two and three. Thank Me Later mm-hmm. came out that year, I think. The other thing that came out that year is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. They even wrote one of those 33 and a third books on them. And that album is the one where um, uh, Vernon, the guy from Bon, bon Iver, he put bon Iver. yeah uh, on the monster track, which is Nicki Minaj's coming out party. They like let her actually have more than the typical. I think it's twelve measures, whatever. The, like I think it might be almost rap blues or whatever. Twelve bars. Yeah, yeah. totally. They let her have more because she, four more, I think, like because she nailed it. It's one of my favorite verses ever, hers, and then uh, bon, bon Iver comes on afterwards. So I love that album a lot. And in 2011, uh, okay, actually this is my favorite. So Drake comes out with Take Care. But more importantly, Jay-Z and Kanye West West do an album together, which they, like, the joke is, they were, I don't know, a joke. Fucking they recorded it, like, it was after he went up on stage with Taylor Swift and then TV Awards and, and like intercepted her award and said Beyonce should have won. He retreated. They retreat to Hawaii together with Jay-Z, Beyonce, and him. And they do watch the throne. 
I get the album. It comes out on the day I'm driving back to Salt Lake City from my favorite uncle's farm in Colorado. It's a six. Well, it's probably five hours. So I have to drive an hour to get to this place. Well, I hope your other uncles don't listen to this, dude. I got into Sam Good. No, I, I don't know if I have other uncles. And then Sam, I, I go to Sam Goody, man. Sam Goody in the mall in Grand Junction, Colorado. Pick up this go- album. Listen to it five times on the way home, driving through Western Colorado and Eastern Utah. So, like, watch the throne might be in my top ten ever because of the experience I had. I have an album like that. It's a Mercury Rev Deserter song uh-huh. I bought in Bath, England. Mm. I, I had a car with a tape deck, but I bought it on CD. We made it to our friends in Ireland, and I, and I was like, I got to their house, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sorry to be rude, but can I record this on a tape? Oh, cool. So I can listen to it in my car. I mean, it's a fantastic album, no matter when or where you hear it or experience it, but I think that just drove it up an extra notch oh, for dude. me. Um, 90s, out, 90s album, though, so not, not pertinent to this list. No, but my exact song, the year song, is Beck Odelay. Yeah, I lived in Hoboken and used to listen to Beck Odeley on the roof of my apartment in Hoboken overlooking the Twin Towers. I remember. Uh, I slept up there one night. All right, so anything else coming out in 2011? Uh, I think that was like PJ Harvey was putting out Let England Shake. That was – it's poetry and cursive singing and I I love PJ Harvey though and it was – that's one of her high points. Nice. All right, wait, so 2011 Um, is the first – year of this decade that ends this december 31st that's officially calendar world yeah that's year one right okay yeah i think so right you said one two three four five six nine ten okay cool so what's in year two 2012 in 1988 i kind of vaguely remembered that like list in my head and i know i i made lists on an old computer periodically (laughs) and in 2012 i did not make a list and I go through everything on my phone, and the only thing I can remember is is the is swans, the seer. Looking back at a decade, things transform, things move on. So what was happening in 2005, Death Cab for Cutie, Decemberist being popular. Yeah, was, was, fast forward to 2020, it's not the not same thing. How do you rank that? Yeah. So swans are a different thing. They were an entity. They went back. They were in the no wave scene with Sonic Youth back I in know, the early I 80s. Know. And they were like art rock, and they transform themselves. They come back in 2010, and they're this droney, space rock, psychedelic. Totally. Um, I saw them live at the Independent in San Francisco with Darren. It was awesome. In 2020, looking back, that's what I remember of 2012. So the way I found out, I'm sorry, the way I sort of went back and looked at what could be in my list, I'd simply type in best album on said year. And then I'd go to the images tab. <laughs> and they would show, I would just scroll through the images. And after a while, that's how I remembered, that's how I figured out what year certain albums came out, like Watch the Throne or whatever. Just so you know, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, that was a huge album that year. I think it might have won some awards. Mm-hmm. But for me, there's an album that no one ever knows about. I love telling people about it. It's like the first internet heist album. Jai Paul, J I Paul, he came out with an EP. But what happened was apparently it had gotten stolen somehow and it was released on the internet so it was never finished the sound because he's like, fuck it. And he's never put anything out since. But like the album is so good. It's like, there's a song, I think it's called Moon By. There's another song, BTSU or whatever. Uh, Drake actually does a uh, rap over one of the beats. 
Well, there's three or four of these songs by Jaipal that are super ridiculously the sickest shit ever. Like, like Neutral Milk Hotel meets Juice World. <laughs> like, it is just that good. But they never do anything again because it got stolen from them, so he made no money. All right, so let's leave that horrible year of 2012, which is the year that uh, John yeah. Cusack survived the end of the world, at least according to a movie. So 2013. 2013, I moved into a new house, and I, I've lived in this house since 2013, which is redundant. <laughs> um, but th- this place and my apartment, which you know in San Francisco on Pierce Street, are the two favorite places yes, I've ever lived. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. from 2013 on, like I have a different mindset, and I have a different view on, on music. And at this point, I started having more time kids were getting a little bit bigger and uh this band foxygen yeah which I recognize it. uh we are the 21st century ambassadors of peace and magic it's completely trippy retro very dylan inspired 60s era stones sound in there uh they do an homage but they also create actually good songs in in that genre and each of their further albums went a little bit more forward into the i would say mid and late 70s by their most recent album i think they might have even that's 2013 2013 and also that year the other thing i listened to was daft punk uh oh my god darren's favorite band like i love Daft. yeah and that's their best album. Well, I mean, it was, I don't know if it was their best, but it was huge. It was so accessible. Yeah. Every song, like. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I hate jogging, but when I, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I jog, that's what I listen to because I'm like, all right. Let's do it. Well, 2013, like, nothing was the same Drake. And I'm actually re- watching something here. I was in a Drake for those two albums. And it was like between my first kid being born in 2010 and my second kid being born in 2013. And it was like when I left Yahoo, then went to Salesforce, then went back to Yahoo. So it was a very specific time. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right, 2014. I got two kids now. They're babies. Yeah, so at this point, you're going back to your old, old comforts, right? Yeah. Stephen Malcolm is in the Jicks, like the, the guy from Pavement, our first couple episodes on. Like, he, he comes out, we, we got jam bags. We have a friend we call jam bags, actually, so it was kind of funny. It was just a fun album. Just fun, dude. To be honest, I, I would rate that near the bottom of his solo work. And it's funny, we disagree on pavement, too. I hate Bright in the Corners, but I don't yeah, hate yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Totally. At this point, Spoon, They Want My Soul, that's a fantastic album. Spoon, I, I mean, looking back over the last 20 years, Spoon, they have to be the... They're, they're the Tom Petty of the new dad. I, I, yeah, um, that's interesting. Chrissy might agree, actually. Yeah. So you're not alone. They're so consistent yeah, yeah, but in every consistent album they time. do. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, okay, Spoon might be like Interpol and The Walkman and... Uh, oh, no way. Oh, strokes. my God. Oh, blasphemy. blasphemy. What? The guitar boys doing things. I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay. What should I listen Tomorrow, to? Man. Oh my god! No, I like the earlier stuff. Anyway. I saw them in like 2003, so I saw those albums. The funny thing is, you and I saw them at the beginning. Yeah. We were at Irving Plaza, yeah. and they were like the opening band for bands that never made it. Name, like Archers of Loaf for the headliners, yeah. and Spoon was uh, I like love the Loaf. first of four bands. Yeah, they were in the 90s. Yeah. Archers of Loaf were some, dude. They have some of my favorite songs. Mm. 
they put out stuff this year and it i i tell you it's they're still good uh, after 95 i really don't like them oh uh, interesting even when they were still arches of loaf before they originally uh, broke yeah, out. yeah I, I might eric agree bachman i might agree is eric bachman dude i did the worst thing i've ever done but they were fun oh my god don't get me wrong, Archers of Loaf. I saw when they were in town. I saw them because they were so much fun live. Their bassist Matt would go great. Oh, they were. You're, to, you're talking Hoboken mid '90s, right? I'm talking Hoboken, like lower, you know, downtown yeah. New York. Like, yeah, mid '90s. Yeah, cool, right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, dude, I did one of the worst things I ever did to a musician. I saw him at Cafe de Nord, which is pretty small. It was just him by himself, the lead singer dude. I don't remember his name. Eric Bachman. Yeah, and I, Brian was his store manager for a minute. And but like I felt bad. I was like, you didn't do the song I loved. And whatever the song was, that's why I said you should I'm like, you should have done that. Then I see the set list like three years later, because finally the internet has set lists or whatever. And he did it like every other show. And I'm like, damn, I just missed the show, but I thought that was dick of me now. Sorry, that was I that was like therapy. Alright, cool. So where did we make it? Twenty fifteen? Right, so so I, I think I've I've been adamant about liking Iron Maiden mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. show, and book Book of Souls, that was their most recent album. That was an Iron Maiden album. They record, it was yeah, it's called Book of Souls, oh. and Bruce Dickinson had had cancer while they were recording the album. I get it. Undiagnosed. Oh. Immediately following recording the album, he's diagnosed with cancer. But this this album, it's 92 minutes. There's an awesome 53-minute album on there. And <laughs> it, it's some of the best stuff they, they've done since 2000, Brave New World. I think Hamilton, the play, the music, the whole thing is like epic, will be the thing that's remembered of that decade. Or of this first 20 years. Either. Without a doubt. Without okay, a okay. doubt. But like, it, we talked about lists before. When I put it in 2015, sort of when it was recorded, I think, first. Or when I first heard it, which might have been 2017. But I might have listened to it the most in 2019. Like, what year do I put that in? Well, I guess when we're compiling our best of the 2020s list... We'll put it there because it's within the first 20 years. Yeah, okay. Whether we're including 2000 or not. Nice, nice work. All right, so we're, we're what do you got in 2016? Okay, the last – this is really funny, and I we don't get political on this show, <laughs> but I look at my favorite albums from 2016 to 2020, and it's dark, heavy, noisy, demented stuff. 2016 – Aronsi is when I started listening to Aronsi cool. Uh Double album. It, it's part Pink Floyd. It's part Can. It's part Immortal. It's part Immortal. Black metal. Immor- Immortal's a, a black metal band. Oh. <laughs> probably, probably I thought it was like superhero <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff. And from and I'll, I'll go in and just kind of run through because the last few yeah, years no. it hasn't really settled yet so I only have a couple albums but all this this stuff is very similar so 2017 Squalus which is this crazy band that had, it's a metal band two bass keyboard singer and a drummer like no guitar two bassist The Great Fish they do a, a, a musical opera of the movie Jaws including like direct quotes from the 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 movie and the book it's it's amazing 
daughters, hot snakes, OCs, tropical fuckstorm. These these are the bands that I'm listening to over the last four or five years. Very noisy, very just confrontational, and I think it's it, it's a product of the environment and you know that history that we've just lived through over the last few years clouds the last previous 15 years and makes the list so hard what were you listening no, 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 to no, i like, like this. did your did your taste in music change over the last no i like your no your story inspired me so you talk about how it changed because of the environment lemonade the reason that's my album of the year in 2016 is because after the election my family and i went up to like yosemite and that was the album and there's like three or four songs we listened to like we'd be listening to after the election, like so we listened to that album. It was sick. Yeah. And then the performance at uh, Coachella is sick. Have you seen that one? Where it's the whole high school band thing? No. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Beyonce is like the best artist ever. It's Hamilton level stuff. Okay, twenty seventeen because I, I I went to Google and I just write best of album year and I scan through the pictures. I love Sun Kill Moon, Common as Light and Love Are Red Valleys of Blood. I could never tell you that if I wasn't reading it off a page. But, like, I went to that concert. I loved it. Like, he has this right. thing. He did a Moss Mouse cover album. Like, he does this thing. He's really, 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 really good. I feel like his work is reading a book of poetry. Yeah. 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 And and everybody has a favorite one yeah, or two or three sure. albums. And it's probably not it's the when same, you hit same you. for It's everyone. when you come across it. It's like where you're at when yeah. you're at. Thing is, he lives in the marina, or that's where he lived for so many years. That was the spot, like right along the Presidio. Right. Okay, so this sounds super important to me. I mentioned it last week, I think. But the Young Jesus, they had this uh, album. Uh, the whole thing is just there. It was a yellow cover, if I remember. I saw them with Brian. I went to Austin for work. It was awesome. Went to this point, venue that had two spots. One spot to the left was some bullshit or whatever, country or rock or local band. To the right was the Young Jesus. Brian and I went to the right. It wasn't even full. It was like a 50-person spot. But the other one was the outside double story. It's all that multiple hundred people. But the Young Jesus sounds just like dog leg to me. Hard, indie, rock, math. I don't know. All right, we'll put we'll put Young Jesus on the list, man. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe maybe on the lower rungs. <laughs> but uh, but on the list. But yeah, on the list. Well, I mean, we'll talk about this later. Actually, I, like, I want to go to this desert island thing one day. It's just running out. Juice World 2019, he had uh, Race for Love. I mean, in 2018, he had Goodbye and Good Rinse. It was sick. This year, yeah. his his posthumous album of the year was good. He has a bunch of singles that came out after he's been dead. Yeah, I mean, he Juice World is just the artist for me of the last five years, for 100%. Like, no doubt. I, I do want to say Bargy Strain even even Kristen tonight is like I, I like him I'm like he's kind of one note and she's like yeah but I like that note totally and then Bargy Strange, I mean like, Ron Z is amazing Bargy Strange album is like Beck Odelay to me I have to be in the mood to listen to it though like Beck Odelay was that too it's like an album you listen to the whole album it's not single songs single songs are great Super like respect for the execution and delivery and writing up. I mean, over the last couple of years, it, it's hard. It's hard to say anything. Just looking back this year, like Keith said, Barty Strange is great. Maybe it'll hold up. Aronzi Pazuzu, their album this year is definitely going going to be there in a few years. Looking back over the last couple of years, uh, Hotka, some of their albums will hold up. 
I mean, we didn't mention Coco Rosie over the last 20 years. They must have two or three albums that would make this list. Uh, you know, Tropical Fuckstorm might have two, I would say. And um, Purple Mountains. This this is an album I think that, you know, it's going to take a couple more years to fully get there. And I remember listening. So Purple Mountains is uh, Dave Berman, who was in Silver Juice. Uh, you know, good friends with Stephen Malthus and Bob Mustanovich, college roommate kind of thing. Uh, but he put out a string of great albums starting in the, in the late 90s through the early 2000s, came back as Purple Mountains, and it was a very heavy album. And I remember listening to it and being like, man, I, I hope he's okay. And then, you know, a month later, you know, before his tour started, Ian Curtis style went out. But really, a, a great album, and I, I think, you know, Margarita's at the mall. What a... Um, yeah, it's too bad. Like, it obviously means that mental illness is real, because, like, you can't come with something that beautiful and perfect and then have a tour planned and, like, want to kill yourself. Like, for me, that's, like, like those type of moments when you see that is when you realize that, like, mental illness or, or, or the, the need or plea for or help is such a true thing because there's no reason that should happen. So um, if you need help, ask for help. But looking back at all these years, it's it's hard to say with which lens you're you're seeing it. In 2005, some things sounded great. I agree. 2010, the I same. Agree. And now in 2020, looking back, they don't hold up so well. And stuff we have overlooked in the last two or three years might be there. I mean, Beck won the Grammy for Morning Phase, which I mean, I, <laughs> what? I, like, nah. It, that, that was just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I really appreciate how hard it is and ridiculous it is how anybody makes a top 50 or a top 100 or a top 20. Dude, we like, just listed 50. Lists. We just listed 50. Yeah, and there are a ton of albums that came out in the last 20 years that I listened to. They're still good that I didn't even mention. You know, they're not even on this list. I like, like you know, Stromae, Janelle Monet, oh, yeah. Santa oh. Gold, MIA. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Disappears. Uh, they have three or four great I albums that I them. didn't even okay. mention. Um, you know, the Decemberists, <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have said four or five of them are there, and maybe one is now. Yeah, that's fair. I don't that's know. Fair. That's fair. Okay. So thank you, everyone. May you have a happy holidays, a safe holidays. Stay safe. Happy New Year. Farewell, 2020 decade. Not so bad, except last year. Horrible. Looking back in the last 20 years, what did we learn? Nothing. What we learned, (laughs) that's what we learned every episode. We learned nothing. But what we learned is music will help you get through, and some years you'll you'll like certain bands, and then other years you won't like them anymore, and then they'll move down the list. <laughs> and it's okay to find new bands that aren't new bands, bands that you lived through but missed during the times. Right, and that's the whole point of the new dad rock. Like, let the canon expand. Keep some of the old stuff. It's great. But bring in the new stuff. <laughs> Radiohead is great. <laughs> Let the cat <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got a little duck. Ow! <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. Oh man. Thank you. We are your new dad. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>